Hi, this is Bailey Curry. Dallin Bestwick here. Brennan Gaunt here, former driver number 62. This is Gary Owen from the Going YouTube channel. Hi, I'm Rafael Sard. Quick Pick Podcast. It's not that tough. Connor, Ethan, Quick Pick Podcast. You're listening to it. Everybody tune in. Welcome back to the Quick Pit Podcast. It's episode number 96 for the podcast. I'm your host, Ethan, joined as always by Connor. We have a crazy weekend, crazy race to break down. It's a beautiful day. We've got, uh, as we record this, three days of school left. And um, things are good. Things are good. Yeah, they're good for NASCAR, but not good for our favorite sports team in the Philadelphia Phillies baseball thing. But uh, before we begin, let's give a quick shout out to our partners and sponsors here on the show, starting off with Circle B Diecast, Plan B Sales, one of the top online NASCAR merchandise websites you can find. They have everything, hats, hoodies, diecasts, literally anything you can think of. Go over to them and use our promo code QUICKPIT, all caps, no spaces at checkout. Helps save you some money, and it gives us some money to go right back into a giveaway. Helps both sides. It's no-brainer. Go use our promo code. Yes, as always, go check out Washington on the Daily on Instagram and Twitter as well. Um, they recently started a Twitter, so check them out over there. We should retweet them or, or shout them out here. Um, but uh, go check them out. That's at WSH on the Daily for all your Washington Commanders news and updates on Instagram and Twitter. Now, yes. finally, stick around for the third segment where Eric, our good friend here, on the show, we'll give his expertise in the fantasy after I had a disappointing Everyone. week because of all the crashes and whatever, whatever happened. But let's talk about what happened. Everyone had a rough week. Let, let's let's work our way through uh, Motorsports Christmas, as some, some were calling it, because I'm telling you what, that was – I was super excited for Sunday. And I got to watch parts or most of all three. I didn't expect to get to see Monaco because uh, we were going to be at church uh, that we were like leaving for church as it started. And then I get back and I see that it's barely halfway done because they got rain delayed for an hour and a half. So it's, it, it was a, it was a crazy race. Uh, Sergio Perez won that race um, and he's pulled pretty close to the points lead actually. So if he has another good race and Verstappen and Leclerc have another bad race, might see a three-way fight for the championship, which would be really interesting because he has a teammate in that race. But uh, as Connor always says, this is not an F1 podcast, so we won't dive too deep into that, but that is still a, a pretty prestigious event. Yeah. The second, well, that's all since we said Monaco, let's talk about the Indy 500 real quick. I, of course, could only watch parts of all three, and of course, me not really caring about the other two series wasn't my intention was mainly rooting for Jimmy Johnson to win the Indy 500 because it's the only really name I knew. But he ended up crashing late. Uh, was it Erickson? What's his oh, first name? Yeah, Marcus Erickson. Marcus Erickson won, won it. Won it. Um, probably a little stressful, more stressful on him than it should have been mm-hmm. uh, if Jimmy didn't crash there. But uh, teammate? Jimmy and, and Erickson are teammates. Yeah, and I think anybody else would have thought that Erickson would be the, the, like the third favorite in Chip Ganassi, Chip Ganassi to win the Indy 500. Uh, Dixon and who's the other teammate? Scott Dixon and Tony Canon. Oh, oh, and Pelot. 
close the, the defending champ. Yeah. I think a lot of people thought pick them over Ericsson. Pretty cool for the Sweden guy from Sweden. Oh, the Sweden guy. Yeah. Um, he is a former F1 driver, which is pretty interesting, actually. Um, all the uh, Ganassi cars were really fast. Um, Jimmy just struggled during the race and then crashed. He did lead two laps. Mm-hmm. Um, so good for him, I guess. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was a good race. I watched most of it. Um, a lot of crashes off of turn two. There were some really hard hits throughout mm-hmm. the afternoon. Romain Grosjean crashed. Scott McLaughlin crashed. Um, Marinus VK, who had a really fast car crash. And then Jimmy Johnson also crashed off that corner. So everyone was okay. Um, but some, some pretty heavy legs. That was uh, – so Scott Dixon sat on the pole as the second fastest pole time in Indy 500 history. They were – it was a really fast weekend for those cars. And – um that's my that was my first article on speedway digest as well that went up uh on monday and i'm very excited about that very proud of how that one turned out yeah i was reading it and then i went down to the bio did you put that picture in i did but it got smushed yeah i could tell (laughs) i was like what happened to your face (laughs) anyway but after the two races monaco and the indy 500 it was NASCAR's turn to mess it all up, messed up the whole amazing day that just had happened, and they did the complete opposite. They actually put on probably the best Coke 600 ever. According yeah. to our Twitter poll, it was by a large margin. Twitter poll was very, very popular. Uh, it scored a, a 90.6 on Jeff Gluck's poll, I think. Yeah. Um, like that was an absolute banger of a race. And, and like you said, you know, F1, they had a, a pretty good race, a much better race at Monaco than they typically have because like Monaco is so tight. The cars are so big. They can barely pass nowadays. Mm-hmm. And they had a fun winner an exciting race, some drama and, and controversy. Indy had a first time Indy 500 winner, kind of an underdog, or at least not someone that people would have picked to win. You had a, a packed crowd. I, I, I cannot wait. I'm, I'm. I think I mentioned this here before, Connor, but I'm trying to make that my senior trip next year, or something like that. Go out to Indy for, for that race weekend. But overall, Indy was great. Monaco was pretty good, and NASCAR typically historically falls short in these situations, and they did not. It was a phenomenal race. Yeah, starting off, let's go through the top ten. Coming up in 10th, top 10 Bowman, and I got to admit it, Ethan was right. I was texting furious about Bowman and him, him being not aggressive, which he very much is not aggressive. And Ethan says, I was a text, I'll calm down. He'll be, he'll be in the top 10 by the end of the race. And, and he shouldn't have been. So when Briscoe was going to the lead on Larson and Briscoe wrecked with two to go and the caution came out, Bowman was a lap down because he had to do an unscheduled pit stop, took the wave around, came back on the lead lap. Then when Dylan had the big run down the back stretch on the first overtime, and it was four wide, four wide for the lead in the Coke 600. Four wide. That shows how much the drivers wanted it. It was four wide with, uh, I believe, Chastain, Dylan, uh, Larson, and Hamlin. And Dylan was not clear, took out the other three. Uh, I wouldn't say that was Dylan's fault. I I think that he moved up. He moved up. I was watching the replay. He did move up. I think he, in general, four wide just does, does yeah, not it doesn't work. It doesn't work. It, it no. could work. 
Darius Nobody Green. left it. It was coming to the white. I tell you what. I think if Denny Hamlin Denny Hamlin wins, if, if Denny Hamlin does not win the race, that stays green. Austin Villa makes it stick and shoots through that four wide and wins the race on fresh tires coming out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. I think that would be that would be the cherry on top. That's the only way you can make that race better. Yeah. But and it didn't happen. Here, yeah, well, hold on. About let, let me read you a few of these texts quick. Um, let's see. This is at 9.34 p.m. So the race went until midnight. I wanted to go to bed, and we had we had Chris Buescher flipping down the front stretch. We had Dylan doing Dylan-type moves. And we Go ahead, Ethan. Yeah. I was actually surprised at Dylan's aggressiveness. He's typically a lot more like – he typically when, – when that would happen, he would typically ride third and, and wait. Anyway, so, quote, Connor, I'm sick of Bowman. He's never aggressive and gets used up. My response tonight, aggressive has put 10 cars in the garage, so be patient. Connor, I'm convinced he doesn't like passing. Um, I say later, I'm not worried, and Connor says I am because he's going to get lapped, which you were right. Um, quote, yay, pit road penalty. His pit crew sucks, never gains any positions. Up oh, some Philly ranting. Um, then multiple complaints about just wanting to go to bed, which I think was pretty much everyone. As fun as that race was, uh, I think we're all pretty, we're ready for it to be over, but I I have the official run time here. It ended up running for five hours and 13 minutes. And on top of that, it was the longest mileage race in NASCAR history. It went like 614.3 miles or something like that. I think it was 619. Yeah, yeah, something like, yeah, 619. Like, longest race in NASCAR history. And, I mean, no minute of it disappointed. But Bowman coming him in 10th, gets another top 10. There's now, he joins two other drivers to have nine or more wins, and that the two other drivers are Kyle Busch and Chase Elliott. So wins. Top 10s. Top t- that's what I said, I think. No, you said wins. Well, top uh-huh. 10s. Wishful thinking. All right, coming home in ninth, we have Kyle Larson, who looked for a while that he was going to come from having an absolutely awful first half of the race to win the race. Uh, Briscoe makes a move on him late. Briscoe spins himself out. And on the ensuing restart, Larson uh, did not was not able to hold on to it. and But he still gets a top 10, which is pretty good, all things considered, based on how he was doing in the first two stages. So good run for Kyle yeah. Larson. He had three pit road penalties. He had a start from the back anyway because he gained the wall in qualifying. He caught on fire. He caught on fire. He had a tire, like, could not get a tire off or on, could not get the – he had everything go wrong for him. I mean, everything. And somehow he was up there at the end, like, going for the lead and the win. And his his uh crew chief gave one heck of a motivational speech to Larson, and he was like – yeah, I got it. And all of a sudden he got it and he went and was up front, started way back in 36. As came from the back. Coming home in eighth. Ethan, here, I'll let you talk about it. Who who came home in eighth? Michael McDowell gets another top 10, ties his career high. I'm telling you, all you got to do is survive some of these races and you'll get a good finish. So I am very happy with how, how that turned out. I think he restarted fifth on the last green white checker, wasn't able to hold on to the top five, but still. 
he's having a really good year now, now the last month or two. So I'm pretty happy with it. He is, he's 22nd in the playoff standings, only 76 points back. So he's still, he still could reach it on points, but most likely going to He's not getting it on points. Hey, it's mathematically possible. Anyway, the feelings are not mathematically eliminated yet, but we don't, we know how that's going to, how that's going to go. All right. All right. Coming up in seven. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Man, this guy is on a tear. He started back in 29th, and this this is it's pretty cool to see Ricky Stenhouse Jr. doing this well. And the equipment he's in, he is uh, where is he? He's up to 24th in points. He has five top tens in the year, one top five. So he's starting to get a little rhythm here. Gonna need gonna need a uh, win to get in, but hey. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. has been pretty, pretty fast the past couple of weeks. Yeah, he, he's been really good. And he got into an altercation with Kevin Harvick, was trashing him on the radio. I can't wait for Radioactive for that. But really good run for Stenhouse recently. And I think, especially after the weekend Ryan Priest had, I think mm-hmm. Stenhouse is the front runner for that 10 car right now. Yeah. Aggressive driving style, definitely something that Tony Stewart likes. He still is pretty young, but also has enough experience that you're not putting completely green rookie in the car. Um, and I think he's matured enough that he's not Recky Spinhouse anymore. And I think he could do a really good job in that 10 car compete for wins. All right. Coming home in sixth place is Tyler Reddick, who was out front for a little bit. Looked like he might have a shot at his first career win before having a tire go down. However, he managed to avoid the last pileup. And so he still ended up with a good run despite having to make an unscheduled pit stop. So a pretty good uh, finish overall for Tyler Reddick. Comes just short of that uh, elusive win once again, though. Yeah, that, that tire going down happened like with 70 to go. And we thought it was going to be like another hour at least, like just an hour left of the race at 70 to go. It's like another three hours. Another three hours with 70 to go. Ugh, yikes. Starting off the top five, though, and the fifth finishing spot is the 20 car of Christopher Bell. Uh, yeah, we thought Toyota was going to be good after qualifying, and then it was Chevy dominating throughout the whole race, and then Chevy got involved in all sorts of wrecks and stuff and problems. Chevy had the had only four cars inside the top ten. My bold prediction, on, if you listen to last week's podcast, was they would have seven. They very could they could have if they didn't all get wrecked up, but – uh, Christopher Bell is one of the three Joe Gibbs racing cars that finished inside the top five, coming in fifth, Christopher Bell. Finishing fourth, despite spinning himself out, Chase Briscoe gets a, gets a top five, much needed top five for that team. They've been scuffling recently, led two laps, had still ended up with a good finish. He, he ran Kyle Larson down in the last green flag run. Uh, tried to pass him a couple times with two to go, drives it in too deep, spins out. This time, unlike Bristol Dirt, he did not take out the leader in the process. So overall, uh, uh, I mean, good race for Briscoe. Showed some speed. Didn't take anyone else out in the process. Got himself a good finish. Good job, he, Chase Briscoe. He is keeping Storhaas racing relevant. I mean, Kevin Harvick could finish third, actually you know, it's been solid, but he's not been as race-winning Kevin Harvick that we've seen in years past, and Cole Custer is just trash. 
And then, you know, Eric Almirola is just Eric, Eric Almirola. Almirola. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Chase Prisco's keeping that team up there, but coming home in third is teammate, as mentioned, the four car of Kevin Harvick. Gets I will say Custer did have a pretty good run and then got caught up in that wreck. He probably would have had a top 10. Well, it's not shown on the stats, so yeah. But coming home in third, as I mentioned, Kevin Harvick, been very, very needed this. He's on the cut line coming home, and he's in 16th in the playoff picture. And, yeah, he uh, needs all the points he can get to get into the playoffs. you imagine Kevin Harvick missing the playoffs? Crazy. He's in 11th, which in the um, playoff standings puts him 15th. 16th. Tyler Reddick in 12th is the last guy in on points. Yep. Crazy. So, coming home in second, I thought you had more to add there, but I guess not. Nope. Coming home in second is Kyle Busch. Um, he also had some issues early in the night, but rebounded to finish well, led 36 laps, and uh, another top five. He's the first driver to double-digit top tens this year, which is – Shocking. I thought someone else would, would be there first, but he's been quite consistent. Uh, could this be a sneaky Kyle Busch, uh, Kyle Busch season in which he comes out of nowhere to contend for a title, or do you think do you think he's legit? I think he's good enough to win it. I just don't know if he will. Um, the one thing, I cannot believe he let Hamlin use him up like that on the in turn one on the white flag lap. And Hamlin just slid up and pretty much used Kyle Bush up. I am not I'm shocked that Bush didn't send it in there or turn three and four. Going for the win. I know they're teammates, but still, I'm surprised, you know, Kyle Bush being Kyle Bush letting Hamlin do that kind of stuff to him. Maybe uh, because there were two examples throughout the night of guys of leaders going for it, battling hard and, and wrecking and taking out half the field in the process. Still, but it's going for the win. Next flag ends the race. It's white. Yeah. Uh, I, but as as I said, Hamlin wins. Um, all that for a shifty Dennis win. I mean, hours of racing, a great race, probably the best Coke 600 ever seen before. And Denny Hamlin, one of the most hated or, you know, not liked drivers, wins. He did. He was fast, was on the pole, start the race, but probably wasn't a top five car. Um, but Hamlin wins. Back, back into wins, Gibbs, huh? All those give drivers back into wins this year. They haven't won. They haven't won a race legitimately by what you would call legitimately so far this season. So that that is quite interesting. All right, Connor. Overall, first of all, we had we had Chris Busher flipping, which we didn't talk about. That that was crazy. So he so Suarez spun and Busher got collected, and when he when he hit Suarez, the tire got loose or whatever, and there's like a thread that holds the tire on, so it's the, flower, the tire doesn't fling into the crowd or fling and hit. It's a flying tire. is very, very dangerous. So they have a thread. The thread at shop keeping it, keep it there, but when the when the car was bouncing through the grass on its on its wheels, the tire got underneath the car, causing it to flip, and it just barreled multiple times. And I think that that really – that's like the second flip with Burton, Harrison Burton at Daytona, but Harrison Burton was like a – kind of fall on Bowman's hood and right back on the wheels. That was an actual like rolling flip and the car, like car did a great job holding it in. I think it was a great, great night for the next gen car. Um, 
to see a car flipping like that and for the driver to walk away with no injuries and just to see the racing. The racing was great. People could pass. There was two lanes. The NASCAR had a little bit of resin on the top lane, which, you know, I guess you could say the top lane was probably a little bit, uh, a little bit faster with the runs off the top. But you could definitely pass on the bottom. And you could saw that with drivers going for the win. They were sending it. They were trying to slide job it. They, they were trying to do all sorts of things. I loved how you could use all the all different lanes in the corners, uh, get big runs. You could go for blocks. You could do all that stuff. The racing was fantastic. And the racing was good. And the next-gen car, I think I think the next-gen car won more than anybody else did. Yeah. I, like you said, in between the wrecks and the cautions and the spin-outs, there was side-by-side racing throughout. There were comers and goers. Everything you want in a good mile-and-a-half race, you had. And there's multi-groove racing. There's tire wear. Tires mattered a lot. Um, you could get up to someone. You could catch people. Like the 550 package, you get out front, nobody's catching you. Under the 550 package, Briscoe's not catching Larson there at the end. He'd get within four tenths and stall out. Yeah. And, and that's that's what was so great about this race is that, like, the racing was good despite the crashes a lot of times a good race will either have good racing or chaos this had both and that's what made it so fantastic and every single mile and a half race except texas with texas sucks we all we all know that every single mile and a half intermediate type track has put on a phenomenal show so far this year yeah jeff gluck after the race said so the formula is next gen car plus intermediate tracks minus texas equals amazing racing which is 1000 percent true and i think with what we just saw at charlotte the next gen car is good on every other mile and a half but texas so for the all-star race we've got to go back i want to see two races on the oval at charlotte now i'd rather i still think we need as much diversity in the schedule as possible so i think i would rather just have a race at chicagoland and kentucky maybe can we i don't know what I don't know what Kentucky would be like because that's a flatter track. And I think the flatter the banking you get, the worse the racing is, honestly. So yeah, we'll see. We'll have to the other amount of half perform this year. But I mean, wild race. It was so we had 23 votes on our five star poll and uh, 96% said five star. 22 out of 23 were five star. I did the math. And I don't know who voted two star. It had it been like an accidental click or something like that. Um, but then on our right, was this, this year's the Coke 600 the best ever? 32 votes, 72% said yes, 28% said no. So the only other competitor would be the 2007 one or 2005 one, which are very much similar to this one in lots of chaos, weird top 10. Was it the best for you, Ethan? Did you, how about you? Was this the best Coke 600 ever? Well, I've only ever seen three or four. The best one in my racing, in my uh, viewing time. I have, I, I watch replays of the 207, 20, the 07 and 08. Like, those were great, great races. You I've watched never the whole thing? I've watched the highlights. Um, I, I, the racing was amazing. There were cautions at, you know, certain points um, with, you know, Ryan Blaney slipping up and wrecking half the field. Going for a stage win at end stage two, you had the casual spin outs, which I really, really think because people were trying to flat Goodyear for it. I really do think it's actually the teams because of just 
there's so on the chart with air pressures that Goodyear sends out to all the teams, there's like this gray area. It's like you can go in it, but we don't recommend doing it because it could cause a tire going down. And that's where all the teams are. They're in that little gray area trying to float around and get those the, the best out of their car. And because statistically, statistically, you're going to be fine. If yeah, you have but, like four blowouts out of 36 teams, statistically, it hurts you more to play it safe and be slow than yeah. to blow out, to, to risk it and blow out. Yeah, right. but you had, the, you had the Sendrick spin. You had oh, Elliot Larson have minor spins. You had Busher and 16. You had Gregson spin. You had Busher spin at the very beginning. Wallace uh, spun. Wallace spun, yeah. All different people spun. Uh, but then you had the big one with Blaney collecting half the field, taking out very, very fast cars, both 23X, 2311 cars. You had all you had that big one. You had Swerve spinning. You had the Busher flip, which brought out the red flag. There was all certain different parts of the race. You had the big crashes, you had the casual spins, you had the great racing, which made it a fantastic race. The only thing I could suggest is maybe start a little bit earlier because no, that got late. The, it got late because of the chaos. Like typically that race ends by 1030 and that's reasonable. I mean, I guess if you're thinking we are on the Eastern Coast, we're on the East Coast, which makes it, you know, later than everybody else is. So, yeah. Um, it is Memorial Day the next day, so people will have work and stuff, but yeah. I, it, it was a great race. And starting it at 6 makes it – yeah, for how long it is now. I like it where it is because you get a couple hours of daytime evening racing and then a couple hours of, of night racing. So, <laughs> what? Chastain was the best driver in the field, and he was my pick, and he didn't win. I wanted to talk about that for a second before we go. And we have a couple news things too. So both track house cars, they were probably the two fastest cars in the field. One got, both got caught up in a wreck. Chastain led over 150 laps. Suarez, I think honestly was faster than Chastain, but his pit crew kept, kept uh, setting him back because he, every restart, he'd restart like third or fourth or Fifth or sixth, he'd drive up to first or second. Caution would come out. He'd come down pit road, and he'd end up back at fifth or sixth. So his pit crew. a lot like Bowman's pit crew. Yeah, his pit crew cost him that race, I think. He did win a stage, uh, but he also did end up crashing out. Still got 28 points, which isn't bad, but um, he needs – he needs uh, some help. He's he's a a bit – he's kind of far out there. In terms of he, he needs a win probably at this point, but both track house cars were incredibly fast. I think they are officially here. And Connor, say it to my face that Tyler uh, that Ross Chastain isn't a championship threat at this point. He's not a top four driver in the sport. He's number five. Behind who? Elliot, Bush, Blaney, Bowman. You are not putting Bowman up there. You cannot. I just did. He's been consistent, but he's not had race-winning speed aside from Vegas. Mm, he had race-winning speed at Dover. Mm-mm. No, because he got screwed over the pit crew because he was at the front. Oh, yeah. Dover, Dover, he was pretty fast. Okay, I'll give you that. He was fast at Dover. But Chastain has been up there every single race this year. He's – hey. 
Experience matters. He doesn't have any. You're you're ridiculous. You are. Hey, hey. I mean, he finished ninth. He finished ninth at Kansas. He's been very good on the intermediate tracks. He, He's been consistent at intermediate hey, tracks. And you need consistency in the playoffs with the format. Because if you no, have one bad race in a round, you are screwed. You need to win. And if you can't win, if you can't win, you're screwed. He's not, I'll tell you right this. I will even bet on this. Chastain will not make the final four. I would take that bet if you said Bowman wasn't either. What do you mean? As in, if Chastain's not making it, Bowman certainly isn't. Oh, I don't think Bowman's going to, you know, I think he's going to be he's gonna be right where Chastain is. Then why are you saying he's better than Chastain? He's my favorite driver, and I have to. All right, I'll give you. I'll give you another driver. Um, I mean, I, I think Denny Hamlin has the experience. I see could him because he's two wins down. If he gets on a groove, which he has been after the All Star race and stuff, he could very much be. So I'll do this. Elliot Larson because I think Larson's just had trouble. Bush and Blaney or Hamlin in the final four. Yeah, I don't think Byron's as much of a threat as we were saying he is. So you want to bet that? Do you want to say Chastain will make the final four? No. Exactly, because he's not a championship contender. So you're you, you just you just, just wait. lied. You lied to the audience. You said he has a he has he's gonna be a championship favorite. You don't even make him in the final four. I listen. Wow. Listen, Connor. Wow. You cut me you off. Just said he, you just said he's a championship contender, and you you're not even having to make the final four. You cut me off. Let me finish. So, at this point of the year, we are 14 races into the regular season. We have 12 left. Three months, basically, until the playoffs. I don't know if anyone has seized the favorite position. I, like, last all right, year... All right. So, do you, do you think Chastain is a top four driver right now in the sport? Right now, as we stand, top four driver. All right, so you do want to do a bet if he'll make the final four? No, I'd say he'd make the round of eight, definitely. Well, that's no brainer, but he's that's not going to make the final four. Championship threat to me is round of eight because if you can get to the round of eight, you can get to the, the round of four. Like every year when the round of eight starts, we say, okay, these are the four drivers that are we think are going to go to the final four. And every year – Two of them miss. Every like we're fit, like unless there's someone like Larson last year, where you're like, okay, this guy is so dominant, especially at the type of tracks we have in this round. There's no way he misses out on the uh, on the championship race, aside from like an act of God keeping him out. Otherwise, your round of eight, every single person in there, you can say, all right. I can right, so, 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 who do you have in your round of eight, your championship contenders? Yes, round of eight. Elliot, Larson, Kyle Busch, Ryan Blaney, Ross Chastain. Um, we're at five. Yep. Hmm. I would say, I think, I don't know. Oh, Joey Logano. Bowman. And at this point, I'm debating between the seven. 
I feel like I don't know. Byron? See, but he only has four top tens on the year. But he shows up to him for races. He's like Bowman last year. He shows up to him for races and dominates them or is like race winning speed and wins it, but then he doesn't show up. He's so, I mean, the most laps led in the league right now. Here, I'll, I'll tell you mine. How about that? Oh, 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 here. For my last spot, I'll just stay a Stuart Haas car. Either Harvick or, or Briscoe gets in. All right, I'll say my round of eight. Elliot, Chastain, Bush. These are not in any specific order. Elliot, Chastain, Bush, Blaney, Logano, Bowman, Larson, Hamlin. I got one spot left. And I'm going to go with – what? That that was eight. No. Elliot, Elliot, Chastain, Bush. Blaney, Logano, Byron, Bowman, Larson. Oh yeah. Well, that, that was a. I, I I was I was gonna go with Martin Chuck Jr. But yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like at this point, there's nobody that we're like, okay, there's no way they're they're not getting there. Like, because you know, you give your list, I could say, oh well, you know, Harvick's in the top ten in points still, or Harvick's still there. Briscoe's got to win. You know, it, 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 it's definitely the next gen car. Yeah, it, nobody has taken control yet. That's what's made this season so interesting. But that's why I say Chastain is a championship threat because he's one of the, like, I feel like he's the closest to not a guarantee, but I mean, he leads the series in top fives. Yeah, he he's up there in average finish, top tens, laps led. I mean. He's put together a tremendous season so far, and at this point, I think I could see him at at Phoenix, or at the very least at Martinsville, fighting to get into the round of four, if not at Phoenix competing for a title. I don't think he has the experience to do it. I expect him to falter during the playoffs at some point, but he will definitely be in the conversation. All right, I'll, I'll give you that. All right, so we've run out of time in our Zoom meeting, and we've got to go anyway. So we will move on to segment two. Um, it's going to be a bit of an open. We do have some news to go over, but that's coming up next on the Quick Pit Podcast. Welcome back to the Quit Bit Podcast. You made it to the second segment on this week's episode. This is our second time trying to uh, intro as we botched it the first time. But we are here, second segment of this week's show, where we're going to do a little news segment. Um, I think the second segment in a couple of weeks is going to be one of your favorite segments um, coming up because we might, 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 might just have a, a one or multiple interviews that w- could possibly happen here. Pretty and big the- ones, too. Yep, in, in the oncoming weeks, but um, we're going to do a new segment this week, and then we'll, in the course of the third segment, we'll do uh, this week's preview at Gateway. But we had some, you know, 
good pieces of news that came out this week. Um, and Ethan, what do, what do you want to start off? Which which news do you want to go with first? Well, I think the most the, the biggest thing is the, the story around Phoenix right now. Um, they have sold out for championship race weekend, which is always great to see. Now, that track doesn't have a ton of seats anymore. They have removed some, but still a sellout is still a sellout. And keep in mind, when, when like, a NASCAR track removes seats, like, these tracks have as many seats as, like, a football stadium now. Like, these places used to be massive. In the heyday, they were able to sell out 120,000. You know, the fact, okay, maybe they're only selling out a stand a stadium of 60,000 now, it's still good because it's still a sellout. It still looks good on TV. And it's no different than like a Super Bowl, right? You want yeah. your championship event to be sold out. So I'm uh, very uh, excited to see the crowd for that. Um, I don't like the racetrack. I, I've heard that the amenities there, that like the fan experience at the track is pretty good, but it stinks that it's there. Uh, I, I think we need a better track for Phoenix. But the other important news that alongside of that, um, it, Phoenix will be the host of the championship race again in 2023, which really stinks. It's stupid. But here, here. so Phoenix Raceway, the facility for the drivers of the infield, the stands. Phoenix Raceway is one of the top NASCAR cup series facilities in all the sport like it is top-notch facility it is so super super nice i would want to visit it i would want to go sit on rattlesnake hill and all that certain stuff it's really really cool the fans show out as we've seen it with it being sold out that's another key thing those are two key things in a championship like any super bowl like you go for a super bowl in football you go to the top stadium the indoor best newest football stadium out there phoenix raceway is probably one of the like a top three nicest facility in NASCAR and it gets sold out. It gets sold out. The only thing is it puts on horrible racing. It's like, it's like, you know, I, I'm sure a lot of you know NFL and it's like, you know, the Dallas Cowboys stadium, the indoor big, big screen indoor super nice facility with there's always fans. It gets packed every, every, every week. But then the team is trash. <laughs> and for the championship race, these people that are competing aren't trash. But the racing with the package and the track and the car, well, they get a little bit better with next gen. It is still garbage. The racing's garbage. I don't like it being the championship round just because of the racing. But I do understand where NASCAR is getting that from just because with fan attendance and the facility. Now, Connor, I have, uh, this, this brings to, to mind something I read recently. Um, I'm not sure where I read it. it might've been on Twitter, but basically someone was saying NASCAR, if they keep the playoffs, what they should do is flip the length of the rounds. So instead of going three, three, one, you go one, Three, three. So your round of four is a three race deal, and whoever has the most points at the end, because doing it in three races would still mean, you know, that by the last race, there's still probably two, at least two guys who are still competing for it. And what you do is you make Bristol the opening race, Bristol night race, wild card round, top 12 
in points after that race advance and you take playoff points out, maybe maybe you keep playoff points in because then some guys are rewarded that they're basically locked in. But, like, top 12 advance. So what what would your final – the round of four with the three racetracks, what would be those three racetracks? Do you end at Phoenix? I wouldn't mind it ending at Phoenix if it's not the deciding race. I mean, from being an Alex Bowman fan and Phoenix being his worst racetrack, I don't know if Bowman will ever win a championship with Phoenix being the last race because I know he can get into the round of four. He was in the round of eight two years ago and won at Martinsville. Like, you you can get – if you get to the round of eight – we said this in the first segment. If you get to the round of eight, you can very easily get to the round of four. Round of eight, your championship threat. Yeah, and – so if you get there, you can easily get to round of four. But when your worst track is Phoenix, the championship race, and you can't, you haven't had a top ten there, maybe forever. Ever, I don't even know if Bowman's ever had one there. What you're going to go in as probably the least favorite, and you know probably get destroyed. I I don't know if that changes with the team if Bowman were to get in and they focus on that car. I I don't know, but anything to get have two other races in that round or Phoenix out of that, out of the championship four round, I'll take, I don't like the racing at all. I don't like Bowman's performance, which makes me, you know, a little bit biased towards not wanting Phoenix there. But I mean, as a normal race fan, looking at it from a overhead view, I think all of us can agree that Phoenix is not very good with the race product, like the racing on track, but yeah. it's a very good race on fan attendance and the facility. I think, if you make if you do that and you make the round of four a three race round, you can still keep Phoenix as the championship race because it's a great facility, like you said, for hosting the championship. Warm weather, you're probably the odds of you getting rained out are super super small because it's in the desert. That's great. You make and then you make the other two races like Martinsville and Homestead. So you have an intermediate, a short track, and then a unique track like Phoenix. Which I will also say, I'm optimistic as this season goes on um, to optimistic that they'll fix whatever's been problematic with the next-gen car on these flatter ovals. Because really the only bad races we've had, aside from Texas, that was atrocious. But if you look at the other three races that were like, eh, not very good, was the first Phoenix race this spring, Richmond, and Martinsville. What do they all have in common? They're flat tracks. So I think as the summer goes on, we go to as we go to New Hampshire, we visit Richmond again. Once we get to the end of the year, Martinsville, they're going to have other chances. Denny Hamlin said on the Dale Jr. download last week that NASCAR is working with teams on fixing this and making them race better on those types of tracks. So I think the racing could be better. Do you think these racetracks that have multiple dates like texas and like richmond if they fail twice does nascar boot them from a race until they figure it out because nascar's clearly has got to be upset with the performance that happened at texas richmond wasn't great and if that happens again are they gonna are they gonna do the same thing like are they if, if they do the same thing or is nascar gonna be put the foot down and say you're losing a date if it's for smi smi you're lo- you can't put that track on the schedule twice you can take one of your other tracks and make that a Two, two week thing, but you cannot put that track back on the schedule twice until we figure it out and we figure out because at what point are you just going to say it's the track? It's not the cars, it's not the package, it's just the track. Well, Texas was definitely the track. Texas should be fired into the sun, but 
you know, Martinsville, we know Martinsville is a good track, you know, and, and if the car can't race good on Martinsville, then you're like, okay, it's probably the car. It's probably the fact that they can shift. I think that's the real issue is that they're able to shift now with this car, the sequential gearbox that they can shift and get the power down. So there's not much of a penalty for missing the corner because on the old car, you miss the corner you are like the person behind you is getting past you, right? Mm-hmm. Because yeah. you you bog down, you lose the power coming off the corner. Now they shift, you shift in the middle of the corner, go into a lower gear, you you throttle up, and then you shift up on the straightaway and then shift back down. So you never bog down. There's never like spinning tires and whatever. It's a whole lot smoother. And that's why Martinsville was terrible. I think Richmond is probably the track of Phoenix. It might be the track, but you know, if they're working on fixing these things, I think there is hope for some of these races. They better – Fall Martinsville had better be a good race. Yeah, and it needs to be, or else there's going to be very big questions around that that racetrack. But some other news here that happened this week, the minor stuff before we get into Gateway and uh, some news about the lineup that's very interesting. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to butcher this name to Infinity and Beyond. Raul – Karuth? Raja Karuth, Connor. Oh, yeah, the J's there. I got the last name right. We'll drive the number seven Spire truck this weekend at Gateway. Um, that's a little news bit right there. And what else? What I, what I, I saw something else. Oh, yeah. It's on Bob Topakras. Our YouTube video from Dover's out. Right now, go over to our YouTube link in bio, link, link in the description below. Go check out uh, Ethan's ep- epic camera angles of the vlog at Dover that is up now on the YouTube channel. So go check that out and then follow, of course, follow the Instagram diecast, Equip Pit diecast on Instagram, Equip Pit podcast. Um, June giveaway coming soon? Question mark, Ethan? Yes, it is coming soon. Well, I'll, it'll probably go up um, on Thursday when this episode goes up, Thursday or Friday. Um, as you may have heard, I recently picked up a case of Jeff Gordon diecasts uh on the discount and we'll be slowly giving them away we'll probably give a bunch away at pocono but this month's uh the june giveaway will be a jeff gordon 1999 dupont uh diecast so that's yep. that's pretty cool so go over to twitter and enter you can also go to instagram there'll be multiple ways to get multiple entries yep. to win and i think july we might be giving away something signed July we might do two, or maybe maybe or, or August. It might be. I August. guess August would be the Pocono one. We're thinking at Pocono we'll get a sign and get it signed by a bunch of people, and and give that away. Yeah. Or something something of the equivalent. All right. Some other news for um for Gateway this weekend. Um, we have uh Parker Kligerman in the 15 car for Rick Ware Racing. Uh, that's uh going to be pretty cool. Typically when he jumps in a Cup car, he goes he does pretty well. Um. Had a good run with uh, Gaunt Brothers at Kansas last fall in the fast car. Um, he'll be Whoa. with Whoa. what? Gateway sold out. Yeah, I know. That was the next point. Is that they sold all? They sold out for their inaugural Cup race. All fifty-seven thousand seats. One hundred uh, twelve twelve hundred camping spots. They're completely packed. There won't even be any general admission tickets or walk-up ticket options. Wow. Let me uh 
Let me check what they're going for um, on the like on, on second uh, on second hand. Cup tickets. So, a Bob Cop, Pop on Bob Parker's Twitter, some some guy asked. Whoa! Uh, First of all, just normal tickets in general were expensive. Like, yeah. not cheap. Um, let me see, like, if, if StubHub. StubHub, what they've got. Um, Sunday, cheapest StubHub ticket is $110. That's really good for a cup race secondhand. Okay. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. What What were you gonna say, Connor? I, I I'm just stunned on how they sold out. I I mean, it, it isn't crazy amount of seats. Like it isn't you know an insane amount of seats, but to be sold out and not gonna race, I think that's a pretty good thing. Yeah. I mean, I think didn't Nashville sold out last year in their first race too? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think they did. And and, they, and that parking they, was that parking was atrocious. You want you want Gateways doing? You to buy all your parking tickets online. That will certainly help. Um, and they're telling people to start showing up at 9.30, like a full six hours before the race starts, or five hours, I guess. So Also, also so um, Xfinity races at Portland, the yeah. road course this weekend. Uh, do you want to hear this little stat here? What? Portland is a 1.97-mile road course. And Gateway is a 1.25 mile oval. Yeah. That's how short the road course is of Portland. Portland, I'm looking forward to Portland. I really think this is a test event for NASCAR. Like they've been wanting to get into that region for a while. I think if this race, if if Xfinity races well and there's a decent crowd at Portland, I wouldn't be shocked to see it on the schedule next year. Yeah. We'll have to wait and see. It's it's a I I I watched an IndyCar race there last fall. It's a good track. I, I think it would be a good road course for for NASCAR. Lots of opportunities for for good NASCAR road course racing. But what is interesting is AJ Allmendinger is run, running both. He's running both the yep. Cup race at Gateway and the uh, Xfinity race at Portland. So uh, Ben Rhodes will be practicing and qualifying the 16 for Colleague Racing. All right, um, Connor, any other news from this week? I don't think so. All right, then we will jump over to the final segment. We will preview Gateway, try and preview it, because we have no uh, prior events to go off of. Uh, Eric will have his fantasy segment, as always. That's coming up next on the Quick Bit Podcast. Quick Pit Podcast. I'm your host, Ethan, joined as always by Connor. And we are here flying blind this week because we've got a brand new track on the Cup Series schedule. Brand new oval. Didn't think for a while that there were any more ovals that NASCAR could go to that were in condition, but 
The Cup Series is heading to it's it's in St. Louis, but it's not because it's in Illinois. Um, but it's basically in St. Louis, so it's, it's kind of weird. So the race is the Enjoy Illinois 300 at Gateway. Connor, hit us with those track facts before we go any further. So we have practice on Friday, then we have qualifying on Saturday, then we have the race on Sunday. So all three days, the Cup Series will be on the track. Of course, practice being on the Friday at 5.05 p.m., followed by qualifying the next day at 11 a.m. Then the race will be at 3.30 on FS1. This is the Enjoy Illinois 300 presented by Ticketmaster at Worldwide. Did you just say Illinois? I don't know. Presented by, presented by Worldwide Technology Race at Worldwide Technology Raceway, uh, Madison at 240 laps, 300 miles, and track information located in Ma- Madison, Illinois. It was built in 1967. Track, the track type is intermediate. It's paved and it's 1.25 miles long. Cost of speed will be 50 miles per hour. All this Sunday, FS1 330. Yes. Should be a good race. They typically put on a good show with the trucks. Um, as we said, the Cup Series has never raced here before. They have raced uh, in Xfinity and trucks here before. Xfinity raced uh, there from 1997 to 2010. And uh, the trucks have raced there off and on since 1998. Actually, um Race there every year from 98 to 2010. And then um, from 2014 to now, they'll race on uh, Friday night as well. And uh, there's a couple guys in the field that have won races here before. Um, Kevin Harvick has won three times, twice in Xfinity and uh, once in trucks. Martin Truex Jr. has won a race in Xfinity. So has Kyle Busch, Brad Kozlowski, and Brad Kozlowski. And then Bubba Wallace, Cole Custer, Christopher Bell, and Ross Chastain, as well as Justin Haley, looking at this list here, have all won a truck race at the track. So there are guys in the field with experience at this at this racetrack. Um, John, oh, yeah, John Hunter Nemechek has a win here as well. Um, and, and then Sheldon Creed's won the last two truck races here as well. So uh, there are guys with experience in the field. There was also a uh, tire test a few weeks ago, but uh, no modern, no current Cup Series drivers ran the the tire test. It was uh, Justin Allgaier and um, Drew Herring for Toyota and someone else for Ford. So, uh, Connor, what do you expect? How do you think this race is going to go? Is it going to be a good race? Um, I know that Gateway think- typically puts on a pretty good show with trucks, but this is going to be a lot like a. a- you know, short track type race. Um, I really think it's going to, I think the racing's going to be pretty good. I think there's going to be some bump and runs, stuff like that. Um, I think there's going to be a late caution, kind of like what happened at Martinsville last fall. And there's going to be like, with, it's going to be an overtime restart and something, someone's going to do something stupid. And we're going to have like a, uh, we're going to have, we're going to have not an underdog winner, not a top tier winner, but someone right in that middle, like right on the right on the cut line. That's what that's what I say. I say someone is gonna have a fast car. It's gonna be pretty good, and there's gonna be a late caution, and they're gonna they're gonna go for it. I I, I see that happening. You know, mark my words down 
on a wall, get a poster ready as I'm predicting the future of I'm, I'm here. I'm not going to say my pick yet, but that's what's going to happen. You're calling for a major playoff implications race? Yes. Nothing crazy, crazy, but something that's going to mix up the playoff picture enough that it's a playoff picture mix-up race. Something for us to talk about next week. Yes. I, you know, so this track is kind of like Darlington, where it's it's egg-shaped. Turns one and two, steeper banked, sharper angle, turns three and four, wider and um, and flatter. Uh, turns three and four are a lot like uh, New Hampshire. Actually, I was just, ARCA in iRacing was just on the track this week, so I've been uh, struggling to figure the track out. It's a tough track to drive. Um, and But turns one and two, pretty steep. It's really hard to get a good line through there. I think the most incidents we'll see is in turns one and two, especially on restarts, everyone funneling in. There's going to be people who miss the breaking point. And uh, I think the first couple restarts, first, yeah, first couple uh, restarts entering that corner are going to be pretty hairy to start the race. So with that much being said, Connor, unless you have uh, – we've kind of run through all the guys that have had experience here. Really, I would go with anyone young, anyone who's been – who would have been in the truck series um, the last couple years, go with them. I think Ross Chastain is a very good threat. I would say I'd say Chastain. Christopher Bell, um, Justin Haley's won here before in the trucks. That might be a good dark horse pick. You know, there, there are, but really like Connor said, I, I think this race will not be a total wild card. You can pick pretty much anyone. I typically for stuff like this, I go off of qualifying and practice, see who was fast in that and set my picks and predictions based off of that. Yeah. All right, let's move to to fantasy with Eric. And when we come back from that, we will give our picks. So fantasy NASCAR segment with Eric coming up next on the Quick Pit Podcast. And we are back. Thank you once again, Eric, for a fantastic fantasy segment. Last week was a little rough for everyone in the league. And I picked up a spot. I'm right behind Eric. If I do well this week, I could be in the championship four. Uh, and I've, I've, I've picked up a couple spots the last couple of weeks. I'm on a bit of a heater. I don't know if anyone's catching Connor at this point, unless he like forgets one weekend. I almost forgot last week. I, I was Saturday. I was at Saturday. I was at the beach for the weekend. I was going to wait for qualifying to happen and stuff. And I didn't realize till like Saturday night, like 11 o'clock, I should set my lineup. I don't, you almost had me, but uh, not quite. Well, I want to get my pick first. So I'm, very tempted to go with Austin Dillon. That's my guy that's on that playoff bubble that he has done really well at road, uh, short track type races this year with a couple second place finishes. He almost won at Charlotte last weekend. So he could be riding some high being up there. Eric almost picked him. Eric did pick him last week. Yeah. Well, I, I think he could very much win. I'm not going to go with him though, but if he does win, I get some credit. I'm not going to playoff point, but I'm going to go with, so I picked him last week, Rash Chastain. Very, very strong, rightly. The whole track house organization, they're coming for another win here with Chastain. He's driven it before. That's who I'm going. I'm going with Ross Chastain. But I couldn't also see Austin Dillon winning, but I'm going to go with Chastain as my official pick. All right. That's, uh, yeah, two two races in a row you picked Chastain. I am uh, – I'm feeling a William Byron win. I was, I was – I, I thought about him too. 
Because this track, the one thing I am concerned is that it's pretty flat. And the one track type that the next gen car has struggled on this year, which we discussed in the second segment, is the flatter tracks. Um, and so, you know, and when you look back at those races, I don't remember how he did at Phoenix, but he won Martinsville and he was leading right to the end at Richmond, uh, the other flat track this season. So William Byron's my pick uh, to, to finally get another good finish. Eric's pick is Martin Truex Jr., which I think could be a good one. I think Truex, that veteran presence, uh, figure out a track. I, I think I wouldn't be surprised if he wins that race. And he has won here before in the Xfinity series way back in 2004. So he does have a little bit of experience at the track. Of course, Chastain won a truck race here a couple years ago, and Byron would have raced there as well. All right, Connor, who's series pick? Austin Centric. Interesting. He's had some speed. Mm -hmm. I don't think this, that's a completely ridiculous pick, but might be a bit of a stretch. But, you know, could be all, could be all right. All right. With that being said, do you want to close it out for this week, Ethan? Well, I'll thank our sponsors at the very least. Thank you to Washington on the daily. Go check him out on Twitter and Instagram at WSH on the daily for all your commanders news and updates. Football season is starting to heat up. They've got OTAs and practices uh, getting ready and uh, we're going to have some roster cuts soon. He'll have you all updated on your commanders news. So go check him out. Also, don't be afraid to be an Eagles fan because we know who rules the division. We own the NFC and the NFC East. We you know, are different this year, Ethan. The commander, we're, you got Connor, 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 Connor. Listen, let's not talk. I'm trying not to talk myself into the commanders. I advise you do the same for the Eagles. Oh, no, no. We'll both be this at this point. I've already talked myself into them. Anyway, thank well, you. Well, that week. worked out great for the Phillies, didn't it? <laughs> The circle we diecast plan we sell use our promo code QuickFit, all cash, no spaces, uh, helps you save some money, save some money, uh, and we can take that money and get right back into a giveaway. Stick around uh, for the upcoming weeks for segment two. Could have some very good interviews coming on the show, but check out all the links in the description, Instagram accounts, giveaway, Twitter, YouTube, all that certain stuff. Go check out Watch all the vlog. Yes, buy merch, everything. Go check the out the Go check out the description below. Dover and vlog. I said that. You did? I said go check out the YouTube channel. Well, you didn't say check out the right. yeah. vlog. That's up too. Could have another vlog up in a couple weeks here. But thank you guys for listening. Go share with your friends and family. And we'll see you next week on the Quick Bit Podcast. Mm -hmm.